Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of the book of Acts. Acts was written by Luke as a historical continuation of the Gospel of Luke. This week's lesson is found in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, which not only is an eyewitness account of Jesus' ascension into heaven, but also his promised indwelling of the Holy Spirit to believers. This promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit would enable his disciples to be witnesses of Jesus, even to the remotest part of the earth. Please follow along as Pastor Harris delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, You Shall Be My Witnesses. As has been my experience dozens of times before, I have a new favorite book of the Bible. So join me in the book of Acts, if you will. Can't wait to continue to work our way through this book. We just got started last week, so we're taking our first steps into this adventure. Last week, I gave the title of the introduction to it as Acts, the Saga of Your Spiritual Family. These are our roots, if you will. This book records the seamless connection from the prophecies of the Old Testament to the arrival of Jesus Christ, to His ministry, His death, burial, and resurrection, and then the continuation of His work on earth in the era of the New Covenant. I heard someone uh, musing on a radio program this week about uh, when the New Covenant began. Well, it was first announced as a new covenant through Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 31. It was described again by um, uh, Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 36. But it didn't begin then. It was a promise that it would come. So did it begin that night before Jesus went to the cross when He sat around the, the table and He instituted the Lord's Supper in place of the Passover? And he held up that chalice and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood? Did he begin when he said those words? Did he begin when he touched it to his lips? Did he begin that night, the next day? Did it begin when uh, he shed his blood on the cross and before the cross? Did it begin when he said it is finished and the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom? Or did it begin when... He rose from the dead? Or did it begin in Acts chapter 2 when the promise of the indwelling Holy Spirit, which was so much a part of that promise, actually came to pass? Or, or, or did it begin later as the, as the church began to grow and Jews and Gentiles were folded together into this new body? Finally, we know that by the time of 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul writes, we are ministers of a new covenant, and he contrasts the old and the new. Well, here's the point. 
when did it begin? Was it one of those points? Well, yeah, or all of them. It wasn't an instant, or now in the mind of God, I'm sure there was an instant, but, you know, or did, it, did the old covenant continue until the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in A.D. 70? And that was the final end of the old covenant, and now it's only new covenant? The point is, things don't change in an instant in real life with real people. Acts is the history of the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant. Approximately 30 years following Jesus is recorded in the book of Acts. Our passage today includes what you could arguably say is the exclamation point on Jesus' life when He ascended back to the Father from whom He came. Now, as we've uh, jumped into the book of Acts, you noticed last week I labeled it chapter 1, verse 1, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, there are 28 chapters and He's going to go one verse a week? No. Uh, this week we're doing 11 verses. And, and where we can through the book of Acts, since it is a historical book, it's a narrative, not, a, not an epistle, not a primarily doctrine, uh, I want to take um, the, the largest chunks we can logically take, and there will be places to slow down and do more spiritual mastication on some of the special parts, but we'll see them as we get there. But today, the first 11 verses of chapter 1. And here's an outline to hang your hat on. Verse 1 and 2 refer back to Luke's prequel. Then verse 3, Jesus' presentation, verses 4 and 5, the Father's promise, verses 6 through 8, Jesus' prediction, and verses 9 through 11, Jesus' promotion. Well, first, um, we dealt with this in some detail last week. I just want to include it today because it's part of what we're dealing with. Um, We covered it in detail last week with the introduction. Luke wrote a two-volume treatise. The Gospel of Luke is about the life of Jesus Christ through His ascension. The book of Acts is the next 30 years' history. The initial target of this book was a Roman official, probably a regional governor named Theophilus, but it was included by God in the canon of Scripture for all of us. The first two verses say, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when He was taken up to heaven after He had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom He had chosen. So he describes the entire life of Christ as what He began to do. And so Acts is what He continues to do, but it's a whole different era. Then here's mention of Jesus' presentation. To these, that is to the apostles, he also, and to others, to these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Many convincing proofs that he rose from the dead. Now, I would submit to you that the best way to convince somebody you're alive would be talk to them, meet with them, hang out with them. Well, many convincing proofs. All of His appearances after He rose from the dead are His proofs. So I I started looking for a way to portray that for you, and I found a really nice graphic presentation of the the 40-day timeline of all of Jesus' post-resurrection appearances. Um, And then I put it on a slide, and it would have looked to you like a picture that I drew in the third grade. 
Uh, you wouldn't have been able to distinguish any of the detail of it. But if you want one, it is in Answers in Genesis' website. Look up post-resurrection appearances, and it's a really well-done thing. Well, with my graphic ability, here's a list of the things, that, of the times that Jesus appeared. This we know were His many convincing proofs. He appeared to Mary Magdalene early Sunday morning, right after dawn or right at dawn, then to the women who were returning from the tomb, then to two disciples going to Emmaus that day. What an interesting story that is, and Luke recorded that for us. Then He appeared to Peter later that same day, and then that evening He appeared to um, the other Uh, to 10 of the other 11 uh, apostles. Uh, Thomas was not present at that meeting. Then the following Sunday, he appeared to all of the apostles, Thomas present. Remember when they told Thomas, hey, we we saw the Lord, and he said, oh yeah, yeah, I'll believe it when I can, you know, see the wounds. And he saw, and remember what he said, my Lord and my God, and he fell at his feet. And then he appeared to seven apostles fishing on the Sea of Galilee. He had told them to go up and wait for Him in Galilee, and uh, they went up there and they waited, but they decided fishing's a good thing to do while you're waiting. There may have been some faith issues involved in that, but uh, anyway, Jesus met, with, met them there and, and um, gathered them around. Then He met with the 11 disciples in, um, in, in Galilee. Then we're told He met, He, he appeared to over 500 disciples at once. We don't know the exact location. There's a lot of speculation about it, which proves we don't know the exact location, um, and it doesn't really matter. Then he appeared to James, and when we say James, we don't mean James, the brother of John, one of the sons of Zebedee. We don't mean James, the son of Alphaeus in the list of the apostles, James the less. This is James, his half-brother. This is the oldest of his uh, half-siblings born naturally to Joseph and Mary, and Jesus had some very specific things to do with James, who became the de facto leader and spokesman of the church at Jerusalem for the first generation of believers there. And then He appeared, we're going to see it in our text today, to the apostles at His ascension. And then this not referred to in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, because these came later, but speaking of many convincing proofs, He appeared to Stephen as he was martyred. We're going to see that in Acts chapter 7. He appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus. That was the conversion of the apostle Paul. We'll see that in Acts chapter 9. And then not in the book of Acts, he appeared to the apostle John on the island of Patmos. He rose from the dead. That's the point. And no one can refute it. And you're going to see as we go through the book of Acts how fun it would have been to preach in that, in that city in that time and be able to say, that empty tomb over there. And everybody knew where the tomb was and everybody knew it was empty and nobody could refute it. Many convincing proofs. Well, then we have reference to the Father's promise, verses 4 and 5. Gathering them together, He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. So first He told them, I'll meet you in Galilee. They went to Galilee, he met with them there, then he said, okay, go to to, to Jerusalem, and now he meets with them again. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not 
many days from now. Baptism means immersed. You'll be immersed in the Holy Spirit. He will come upon you. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.